Chicago Shakespeare Theater is doing an amazing, urgent, energetic production of Romeo and Juliet right now, directed by its founding artistic director, Barbara Gaines. And I was just told that this is your first time directing Romeo and Juliet? Tis, tis true. It was worth the wait. Oh my God, it was worth the wait. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 675, Romeo and Juliet. I never thought I needed to see another production of Romeo and Juliet, but the current production at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, which runs until December 22nd, 2019, and is directed by its founding artistic director, Barbara Gaines, completely reinvigorates the play and emphasizes frequently overlooked themes, giving the whole production an intense urgency that accentuates both the comedy and the tragedy of what is arguably Shakespeare's most famous play. I was incredibly fortunate to speak with Barbara just this morning morning, and she started our conversation by telling me how she's feeling about the play, which just opened last week. I have to say, I'm thrilled with the production and with the response. Uh, it is, uh, I, I, I wasn't really interested in 14-year-old true love, because when I was 14, I had a lot of, I had a lot of true loves, Yeah. right? And, um, um, and didn't even get to handhold, you know, hold their hands. Right, let alone. Let alone think yeah. about love. On the other hand, um, when I when all this awful stuff started happening in Chicago, the death of so many children, mm -hmm. so many children, suddenly, suddenly the call of Romeo and Juliet came to mm -hmm. me, and it transcended the love story. Yeah. And really, what the most important thing about it to me was yes, this love story is a metaphor for how beautiful life could be if there were no violence yeah. and parents weren't full of hatred, yeah. teaching their children to hate. Yeah. And so, um, so it became more or less a. I mean, ultimately, I would say in a metaphor, I wanted all the. I wanted that first act to be fun and full of life, and happy and and. As people, the play is written. Yes, yeah. as the play is written, all these jokes yeah. in this play, yeah. and what at the first death, then the second death, yeah. everything shifts. Yeah as it would in your life or my life, God forbid, if this happened, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the audiences are, are really understanding that, especially, of course, our, our students. Our students from Chicago get it. They get it from the first 30 seconds. Sure They're playing do. basketball, right? Sure. We're all playing hoops. And surprisingly well for a bunch of actors, I too. I much. Yes. I, and they were not auditioned for how well they could play basketball. Well, very well done. I'm, well, a great, great, uh, actually really you know, great work from our choreographer. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. The, that Romeo and Juliet surprised me. What surprised me was that there aren't any adults in the room. The parents were as ignorant as yeah. can be. They perpetuated violence, and they started it. Yeah. And, and, um, and at the end of the show, at the, the way Shakespeare wrote it, mm -hmm. Mr. Montague says, look, look, let's shake hands. This is a terrible thing that's happened. Their kids are just newly dead. Right. Not dead an hour, by the way, right, right. Yeah, when, they, right. when they say this. And, and Mr. Montague says, okay, I'm going to build a statue of gold for Juliet, and the uh, and Mr. Capulet says, yeah, I, I'm going to build a bigger one yeah, for here. your for Romeo, and then we just stop the play there yeah. because it's too shallow 
for any of us to stick to take anymore. Well, and it's just, here we go again. Here, competition right. between these two families. That's right. And you know what happened at the end. Yeah. We're two metaphors for yeah. wooden life right now, that the kids, the, one, of the, one of the students, um, I forgot what high school he was from, said, this is so sad. Am I supposed to be sad for lost love or for the violence? And the actor who answered the question said, for both. Yeah, all of the above. And so the students are so riveted by it's it. It's a lovely, move, incredibly moving final image. That's when I be began to tear up, was, was the very final image. For my money, it could land there one more second yes, longer. Right. But, but, but it, I, it was so moving that you brought it in. And I'm fascinated by this idea that you are, you're not interested in 14-year-old love because that was the first thing that struck me is you cut the prologue about the star-crossed lovers. You're right. not celebrating this beautiful, magical thing. That's right. And there's no couplet, be beautiful, all this woe for Juliet yeah. and her yeah. Romeo. I yeah. cut that couplet yeah. because I wanted no romance about early death and suicide right. yeah. and murder. Yeah. Dust didn't want that. Well, and no romanticizing young love. Right. You know, as you said, you know, we, we grow past that. You know. We do grow past that. And what I didn't know is I, I didn't realize that Romeo and Juliet as written, parts as written, they're really brilliant people. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. because it's usually played by actors who are so young they can't quite yeah. do it. So I cast yeah. them older yeah. and got, I think, a beautiful pair of lovers who could speak the language and make us understand the miracle yeah. of a heart that is embracing a soulmate. Right. I mean, when you, if you are lucky enough in your life to feel the love of someone who knows your soul, mm -hmm. you are one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Most of us don't feel that. No, it's true. And 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 we we I'm I'm in a Shakespeare book club and we just read Romeo and Juliet recently. Yeah, and um, yeah, of course I am because I'm that nerd. Um, uh, uh, but Rome, but Juliet is such a strong, brilliant, funny, witty Beatrice-like <laughs> a character, and she's rarely played that way. And so you don't feel the loss because these are a bunch of drippy couple of drippy teens, right? You know, but if they are really bright and intelligent and mature and you go, oh my gosh, they had such promise. They, they didn't even have promise. They had actual. Yeah, they had it. Yeah, they, have yeah. they don't have potential. They are the real thing yeah, themselves. Yeah. And and the fun that they had and the and the they were overwhelmed by this love that yeah. As we all are by yeah. love, aren't we? Sure. Of At course, that, any age. That's the thing about it. Yes. I mean, all of Shakespeare's romances could be, uh, I, to my mind, could be set in a high school when hormones are raging, you know, because that's how intensely we feel these things. Even Cleopatra, it's who bad. is a mature woman, yeah. put her in a high school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, writing that screenplay right, right now. Hang on. Um, you mentioned that the parents aren't there. The parents aren't there. You brought the parents. You I brought, did. you reassigned some lines and brought the parents into that opening scene. Instead of, you know, because we, we updated it from the 15, like, 96 or 98, whenever the play was written, yeah. to, to, to 2020, yeah. we updated that, and I decided to take the servants' lines, which were opposing servants who had a fight, mm -hmm. and give it to the parents. Yeah. And it was insanely well. I, I think it works so brilliantly well, oh, because yes. you see adults behaving badly, yeah. adults having no wisdom, which they prove at the end of the show there is a lack of wisdom mm -hmm. and adults spurring on mm -hmm. ancient grudges. Yeah. And I think that 
it's 2019 right now. I think enough is enough with our ancient grudges. Let's not be tribal now. Let's be communal. Let's, let's use our community to do good. Yeah. No more tribal. What I loved, too, is that I didn't completely understand where we were or what time we were, but it felt, it, it felt very specific. Did you have a sense of, are we in the 80s or the 90s or 2020? Yes. No. I had a sense of children have been dying through gangs, through murders, because we have too many guns, mm -hmm. because there's a kind of lawlessness now throughout America. America and the world, mm -hmm. by the way, mm -hmm. because we are in, tragically, an extreme moment of human civilization. Mm -hmm. This is horribly yeah. extreme. People's reactions to things, the, the quickness, the, the impetuousness of, of, of violence yeah. is like a wildfire. Name a decade where such isn't true. Yeah. And I put it in 2020, in August of 2020, the, the setting or any city anywhere in the world. Right. Because cause there's graffiti anywhere, right? Yes. Um, and I, I said it there because if I said it in the future, if anyone's really thinking about it, these deaths that we are watching tonight yeah. do not have to happen in 2020. Right. I mean, all of us could get out to vote more. All of us could send 25 bucks to an organization that's yeah. fighting for yeah. so, for good of yeah. all for our communities yeah. our own individual communities yeah. well and 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 what i because so i was talking to somebody and they said well I, was it the 80s was it the 80s because it looked mm -hmm. like the fresh prince but uh, but mm -hmm. mercutio was wearing a nirvana t-shirt and <laughs> I, and my thought was and i think i'm and i think i'm right hearing you talk was that it's we're talking about a generation right. of children who have been lost to violence. Right. So since the 80s, since That's for exactly 30 years. Right. For 30 years. And I'm afraid, I pray it's not another 30 years. Well, yeah. I mean, it, this is metaphorically for me, with all the fun that's in this Romeo and Juliet, with all the laughter and the dancing, yes. which I love, which is very current. Fantastic dancing. It's a cry for peace. Yeah. Good den. This is Lauren Laverne from like the telly and the radio and stuff. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Enjoy that podcasting, you crazy podcast people. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. It's also for sale in the lobby of the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Our fall of 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged revised, concludes this week in East Lansing, Michigan, with two performances on November 20th and 21st, and in Branchburg. New Jersey this Saturday on the 23rd. Then we head to Israel next week where we'll perform the international premiere of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel from November 26th to the 30th as part of the London in Tel Aviv Festival with performances in Jerusalem, Haifa, and two performances in Tel Aviv. And our 2019 dates conclude with performances of the ultimate Christmas show abridged in Pontiac, Michigan on December 14th and in Phoenix, Arizona 
from December 20th to the 21st. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Chicago Shakespeare Theater Artistic Director Barbara Gaines, where I am just about to confess my hesitation in coming to see her production of Romeo and Juliet. I came reluctantly because I thought, oh, I don't Another need... Another Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. And it's going to be drippy. It's going to be limp. It's going to be romantic. I'm not going to care. Um, and it wasn't so not. It was so not that. But one of the things I loved was in the famous balcony scene, the very famous balcony scene, you've got her, Juliet's father, asleep, snoring in the way. <laughs> so now these two lovers have another onstage obstacle. Was that from the beginning? Yes, it was. And, you know, I got the idea watching uh, Juliet's audition. Oh. And I went, we don't have soldiers. You know, when he wrote it, there were, yeah. so, there were soldiers all around the Capulet's yeah. place. And I yeah. went, oh, we don't have soldiers. What's the obstacle here? Yeah. And so we figured... Right? It's yep. a, it's a, it's a, it's a, we knew it was going to be a, bar- a barbecue. The party yeah. was a barbecue. Yep. So why wouldn't he have a recliner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was it, 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 and it was, it, it's great because it adds comedy yeah. and it adds tension right. and it, it's, it's great. Uh, was there, there's, a, there's, the, the, the Montagues and Capulets aren't divided by race, as no. in some productions, um, um, but they seem to be divided by class. Is that fair? The Capulets seem like North Shore. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah. one of them seems more North Shore and the other seems more citified. Yeah. That's yeah. it. But we didn't, we didn't make a class de- delineation. We, we sort of... I didn't feel it was important to do class yeah. because we're in America. Look, we're in Chicago. I just feel like it's to me it wasn't class, and I didn't want it to be about race. The reason is I've seen many Romeo and Juliet's blacks versus whites, or yeah. blacks versus Hispanic, yeah. or Hispanic versus what, and you know, Palestinian versus Jew, I, and yeah. they're fascinating and they're well worth doing. But I wanted to deal with violence, yeah. flash violence, and how it must and how we have to dial back our impetuousness, dial back our reactiveness in this world right now. It's going to get us in even more trouble. Look what's happening with the students in Hong Kong. I mean, it's just terrifying. Well, and polarizing or defining the Capulets and the Montague so clearly is reductive and not in a good way. Right. (laughs) No, I think that that's right. And so it wasn't about... So so making it not about, uh, about... that, that those hatreds, having both gangs, so yeah. to speak, totally integrated, yes. lifted it from racism yeah. to something which is even that where that connects everybody, yeah. which is blatant race. I mean, blatant violence. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, and. And we're all victims and what good of it. Does it do? We're we all are. victims of it we because are. the shootings are ha- the shootings happen everywhere. The sh- in the suburbs and in the cities. I mean, we'll never forget in Chicago. I know none of us will. When the nine-year-old little boy was um, Lashawn was uh, assassinated in an alley. A nine-year-old child. Yeah. I mean, that that was a metaphoric trigger. For, and when Newtown happened in the mm-hmm. East, 20, 20 children plus their teachers yeah. destroyed. Yeah. That's when part of me lost some hope. I lost hope about ever controlling guns in this in this mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah. I kind of lost hope for. I mean, they've done wonderful things in Connecticut. That yeah. state of Connecticut has yeah. gone th- that route. But what can I say? The one of the other things I, I love. Off on a tangent. No, it's it's a great tangent to go off on. Um, 
one of the other things I loved was um, this little Easter egg <laughs> about Mercutio and Lady Capulet. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, uh, sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. And as my wife, uh, who is the president of my Shakespeare book uh. club, uh, <laughs> pointed out, you know, he's the, he's the, he, he crosses tribal lines and he's the first one to die. You know, so that's exactly right. Yeah. And you were, and, and it, it, there's another, there's another message too. Yeah. Like you can be attracted to the enemy. Yeah. So why is this enemy an enemy? You just have to keep digging. Why are we enemies? Well, and the, and, and, and and it makes and Romeo and Juliet's then transgression exactly. is not that unique. No, it's not unique at all. Yeah. We all know it's not unique because sure. we're yeah. all subject to yeah. our own frailties and yeah. and love and yeah. attraction. Yeah. But there's no limit. Yeah. And I just you know you don't pick who you fall in love with. Right. Do yeah. you think you do? I no, don't know. no, I don't it's think like you it do. Goes, bam! No, I don't think you do. I think you. I think you decide. Yes, I think you don't pick who you fall in love with, but you do decide. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could. Yes. Oh, but you. But you're help. You're hopeless. Yeah. In in terms of, I mean, if that person turned away from you, yeah. you'd be devastated. Or or a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I think of well, what is it? I'll be watching you. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. The great. Thank the, you, police. The, the great police love song. Really? Not really. Not not since Harry Weinstein. Um, um, you've 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 talk about generation. Talk about thirty years. Yeah. Um, um, can you talk just a little bit about th this great institution and how it's risen from the back room of a pub to yeah. this institution on Navy Pier? Well, I think the forces of the universe actually wanted a Shakespeare company mm. in Chicago. That's, that's the only answer I can give you. Yeah. Because um, people came from the beginning. Yeah. When you start a show, that was Henry V that maybe 300 people saw or maybe 500. Sure. And, but someone, someone from a bank saw it, and we got our first $25,000 donation. Nice. I mean, it was, like, meant to be. Yeah. And who did I hire? Someone to write grants. Yes, that's <laughs> right? the first, the first the order first business. The first thing you do is get someone who can write better than you yeah. and bring in the money. But it was, you know, about three or four years after we started at Ruth Page Theater, then um, Chris Henderson came in, and, you know, this is a genius, a, a, the living genius mm -hmm. I get to work with, and, and really our partnership and his brilliance um, yeah, made yeah. this happen. And I should also say it couldn't have happened in another city other than Chicago right. because the public here is so generous. Whether you are giving $3.50 yeah. at the door... Yeah. Uh, whether you are giving, um, you know, giving us costume rentals because we can't afford it, or a theater because we can't afford right. to a space to have uh, to hold, um, you know, rehearsals. Sure. Chicago opened up its heart yeah. to this idea yeah. totally, and it, it just couldn't have happened anywhere else. And uh, that's not self-effacing in any way. It's absolutely the truth. You know that, right? I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Um, so my wife is a second citizen. You know, she was at, as she was on the ETC stages and toured in the ETC stages for the first half of the oh, '90s. Oh my God, we were on the we were on the ETC stage. Joyce Sloan, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Second City, right? Joyce basically brought my D Ryan, my wife, in. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so great because she gave me the space in the. Um, Let's say maybe eighty four or eighty five. I don't remember okay. when. For free for for two weeks to do scenes and monologues. Richard Christensen came in a snowstorm in his galoshes. Wow. I'll never forget the galoshes. <laughs> he comes and what happens? And he writes this phenomenal review saying, 
you can't call yourself a major theater city without a Shakespeare theater company. Mm. I thought that was so beautiful. And ergo, well, and Joy thanks to Richard. Uh, well, and thanks to Joyce, and that's what yes, I wanted to ask and you. Joyce this, Sloan. This pollination, this cro the, this cross pollination between the the arts, the high arts, Shakespeare, and uh, the lowbrow improv community of Second City. Bernie Solins's memorial was here at Chicago Shakespeare. Can you just talk about that relationship? Well, I will. I, but, well, Bernie and Jane now, Jane, yeah. and Bernie, Bernie, and Jane. I will say are my even though Bernie's been gone about three years, four years. Oh my God. Since 13, so yeah. it's more than that. Um, it, 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 one of the kindest, most brilliant, hilarious people ever. A wit. Mm. Not someone who ever disparaged anyone else, but someone who was able to catch, someone epitomizes wit and cleverness yeah. and gentility. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the thing. Shakespeare in Lear writes dirty, body jokes. James Baldwin, one of my, probably my favorite American writer, said... Shakespeare is simply the bodiest playwright or writer in the English language. Yeah. The bodiest. Yeah. And so I celebrate the bodiness. I'm sure that the first show we did at Ruth Page Theater was Troy the Cressida. <laughs> and when it, it was, it, it got great reviews and nobody was coming because I didn't have money for advertising, sure. right? But, but, but it, it was so interesting. I asked my mother, Mom, why do you think this is so successful, this play? And remember, this is 32 years ago. Right. And my mother said, well, sex and violence always sells. Seriously. Absolutely. And, but the humor of Second City uh, of, and the generosity of all those people at Second City, and there's still a generous, wonderful group of people yeah. in 2019, that generosity translated to how many artists if you see the tree from Second City and the umbrella, yeah. it goes around the yeah. world now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good deed. Yeah. One good deed now is spread all around the world. Right. And that's why, that's why force is not as powerful as love. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. I did not even get to tell Barbara how much I loved her use of music in the production or how her concept of flash violence carried into the lighting design or how she so carefully and perfectly underlined the pressure surrounding Juliet. You really see how Juliet is being backed up against the wall by her parents and Paris and how she could legitimately feel as if she didn't have any options at the end of the play. If you can make it to Chicago between now and Christmas, try to see this surprisingly life-affirming tragedy. Go to chicagoshakes.com for more information. Then send us your star-crossed tales of woe via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Chicago Shakespeare on Twitter at Chicago Shakes. Thanks, as always, to Fortune's Fool Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Dave Belden. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to our old friend Lauren Laverne, who I just saw hosting the NT Live broadcast of Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the stage production of Fleabag. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 675 2025ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.
I think I can end it on force is not as powerful as love. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. <laughs> Loved it, Austin. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.